This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, your number one host, Jordan Awandi, hosting the number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area, and today we have, when it comes to marijuana and weed, when it comes to eating food, and then when it comes to putting those two things together, we got the best chef in the Bay Area. Lion Face the Chef, welcome to the show. Yo, thank you. Thank you for having me, Jordan, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is Lion Face the Chef. Hey, if you notice, I use two Fs in my chef. You know why? Because <laughs> I'm twice as fresh, bro. That's your <laughs> trademark? Yeah, that's like a little tagline I came up with, man. Something simple. All right. <laughs> so how was your, uh, how's your night going? Uh, my night was pretty good, man. I'm a, I'm a single father right now. So, you know, I did the father thing. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I came back and, uh, then I was doing the podcast, my chef thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So how long have you been cooking? Let's, let's get down to the. Well, been cooking, man. I've been hot for a long time. No. Uh, let's see. So I've been professionally cooking for eight, eight years, about eight years. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you know, I've always cooked like, I was always in the kitchen with grandmoms, moms. You know what I'm saying? I was just one of those kids just around food. Mm. So, you know what I mean? Do you have someone who who taught you, who basically, I mean, you said you was in the kitchen with your grandmas and mom, but is, do you have one specific person who really taught you the game? Nah, I'm a student of the game, so you know what I'm saying? I pick up different elements and different little mm. You know, innuendos or little things from people, mm. you know, that I got, I gather, I'm a gatherer, hunter gatherer. Mm. So, you know, are you uh, originally from Oakland? I was born in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska. Shout out to the corn huskers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and, uh, but my dad lived over here in California, man. So, you know, moms came over here when I was a little baby uh, and left me with pops and that's what it is. I ain't never <laughs> met a, a, I ain't never met a nigga from Nebraska. Man, I'm the illest What's, nigga from <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> what, what is Nebraska like? Nebraska, man. Um, truthfully, I love Nebraska. One thing about it is it's in the, it's the heart of the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? And when I used to rap, I used to say, I show you how the, heart, the West was won by Midwest guns because uh. it's the heartland. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's dry when it's dry and it's, you know, wet. All the seasons are like farms exactly. and shit, right? Yeah, it's a lot of farms, but in the inner city, uh, North Omaha, that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just the hood. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's ghettos, mm-hmm. whatever's. So you grew up there? Yeah, I grew up there too. When, back and forth. Back and forth from Nebraska to California? Yeah. When did you come to California permanently? Um, about, I was here as a child. Then moms came, swooped me. We went back to Omaha about 12 years old. Mm. And then, uh, from Omaha, I didn't want to be really be there because it was kind of slow. It's different from Cali, of course, right? Mm. So I didn't want to be there. And I'm like always trying to fight back, like find a way to get there back here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, I came back when I was like 17, 18. My brother was in the music producing. We was producing shows, you know what I'm saying? Doing, that was the Omni, uh, you know, EPMD, you know what I'm saying? All the Gavin, when the Gavin was here, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? 94 and stuff like that. Yeah. We was doing real good. So when you were in Nebraska, you were you were dabbling in the music scene, not the cooking scene. Well, when I was in Nebraska, I was a youth. You know what I'm okay. saying. And as a youth, uh, I want to say, you know, uh, you know, I was wild. I was hanging with a wild bunch of guys. You know what was I'm saying. You, you was in a gang. Yeah, you kind of, kind of, something like that. You Have you killed anyone? <laughs> no, nah, I never killed anybody. <laughs> though. You know what I'm saying. I've. Uh, I, I, I don't like to brag about it, but I've saved a couple of people's lives for sure. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, daddy out here is more like, it's Cali living. It's player lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? My dad yeah. was, you know, he had the women and stuff and I wasn't seeing that. I was seeing like the rugged part of life as a kid. I'm like, yo, no. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that experience though. Cause it, it, you know what I'm saying? It made me a man. 
You know what I'm saying? So that's so when I, you uh, when you were back and forth, is that because your parents were divorced? Yeah, they were pretty much split up. You know, I had to, I've, it's like a similar black story. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. uh, you know, moms was left with the baby. She wanted to get out or something. He didn't necessarily leave, but she wanted to go, you know, however they split up. I didn't really find out all the details. I just, you know, you wake, I mean, you, you know, you're a kid, mm. you're like, oh, you don't know the relationships until you have those relationships. And then you could, it could be a, a whole bunch, a plethora of things. You know what I'm saying? Until your dad raised you. Yeah, my dad raised me though. Okay, what was, he, was he like militant? Nah, dad was cool. He was a player, you know what I'm saying? He just didn't want you to lie to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that was pretty much about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't let nobody whoop me. You know what I'm saying? So he was cool, man. That's my angel, man. I got a tattoo right here, man. His name was, uh, shout out to Andre Dimitri Jamerson, man. My daddy, you know, that's my California angel right there. Mm-hmm. Even though I love the A's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I felt like that, that tattoo was memorable. Memorable, well, however you say. So yeah, uh, he passed away, and that's when you came to California permanently. No, nah, no, nah, he passed away while I was here. Oh, okay, yeah, he passed away while I was here. No, nah, he laid. He passed away in uh, 2013. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's been hard, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I had a son pass away actually this time two years ago. Mm-hmm. I have a double set of twins. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I mean, I still say I have a double say, even though I lost one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I'm, I'm, I have three young ones right now, three mm-hmm. and two. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Shout out to, uh, Pharaoh Zane, you know, Zen Mecca, <laughs> Zara Knowledge, all my children, Wisdom, Aye, Obey Jah, Emperor Zeus, bless up. I daddy love y'all. So when you, when you arrived in California, uh, were you still in high school or were you out of high school? I was basically, uh, a dropout, probably about 10th grade. Then I went to Job Corps, got my GED, so I graduated early. You know what I'm saying? It was, it's kind of crazy. Wait, wait, wait. What was, uh, what was Job, what was Job Corps like? Job Corps was crazy, dude. I was up in, uh, Shadron, Nebraska. I hear, I hear rumors about that place. Man, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it is what you make it. You know, oh, you went to Job Corps in Nebraska. Yeah, Shadron, yeah. Nebraska by South Dakota. Mm. Yeah. Niggas all in there just fucking like it's high school or something. Yeah, that type. Because <laughs> it's dorms, you know what I'm saying? You got uh, the, the girls' dorm and the boys' dorm, and you can't stop naturality. What was, what was you studying in, uh, in Job Corps? Man, I went from, uh, first I was like all hyped, and I got there, I'm like, I want to learn painting. Then all the brothers, no, then I was like, I want to learn carpentry. You know what I'm saying? I stayed in each one of those for a few few months. And then uh all the brothers was in plastering, like, yo, you know, this is all the brothers in the hood is over here. So I'm like, I was feeling like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to the hood and see what I you know. Pick your ring up, man. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I went to plastering for a while. Shout out to the plaster crew up there, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? One love. You know. But, so all of the, all of those all of those different jobs, you're basically your heart wasn't in it. No, but the weird thing about it is I know how in life I've I learned enough of the basics mm-hmm. to, you know, even make money off of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like maybe that was my journey, like learning some of this, learn that, learn that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm you know, pretty good, proficient at that. How long were you in Job Corps? I was in Job Corps, man, about a year, man. Then I got kicked out, man. I didn't want to be there no longer, man. I wanted to go back. I really want to always um, go back to California, mm-hmm. especially when um, my uncle, um, by by, you know, saying my aunt Frederica, right, is um, that's Huey P. News, uh, white or you know David Hilliard and all that. But she a Black Panther. But Huey, when I found out Huey died in like uh, what was that eighty eight? I think when did Huey die? Yeah, when I found out Huey died, I just got disheartened. Like, cause I didn't even know he was a Panther. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They kept, they kind of shielded us in a way so we wouldn't, you know, like disclose locations or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like, uh, when I found out, I was like, oh no, Uncle Huey. Cause you know, so I, you knew Huey, Huey P. Newton yeah, personally. Yeah. So out here okay. back in the day, it was a, um, it was a place called Malibu and the Castle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Next to uh, Oakland, California. I mean, um, to the Coliseum. You know what I'm saying? So we used to go to the castle. We used to buy us a hundred laps. Castle Mount High School? No, the castle. Oh, the castle. The castle. Yeah. It was like, you know, uh, you ever heard of K5 race car? Mm, like you no. drive, you get laps with mini cars, basically. Okay. So that's really how I learned how to drive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Huey P. Rest yeah. in peace, Uncle Huey P. What was he like? 
I was cool. He was cool. Like, you know, we we just go. He was fun to me, you know what I'm saying? Uncle. He was an uncle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pick you up, uh, take you somewhere fun, drop you back off. You uh-huh. good. <laughs> Teach you how to drive. So what was uh when you when you made the transition from Nebraska to Oakland, what was like the biggest what was like the biggest change that you had to, that you had to overcome? Well, ironically, when I was um there you know what I'm saying? I came back for like, I think it was a couple of weeks, right? And I got turned on to um, D-Nice, X-Clan, uh, and I had a couple of other ones. I already liked Public Enemy and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had a like a different thing. I didn't really want to bang, but those were my friends, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, all right, we banging it, you know, whatever, whatever. You grow up around those people. Mm-hmm. And then, but I never really wanted to be part of that in a, in a way as it was too much killing. You know what I'm saying? Like we, ain't, it was it was organized, but it was like it was too like you know what I'm saying, just around us. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Too much shooting, too much my folks dropping or whatever. You know? Was it was it was it crazier the hood that you were living in in Oakland? Was it crazier than your Nebraska hood? Well, that's what I wanted to bring say is um, so I used to when I was started growing my when I first thought I was trying to grow my dreadlocks, I used to be like, take me to the islands, boy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then come back. Come, come to find out when I get out here, my godfather ended up being Jamaican now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right. Mm. So that being said is I came into another consciousness when I came back to Oakland. You know what I'm saying? I came into an empowering consciousness, black consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I didn't know, I didn't know I was a god. We out there, you know what I'm saying? Or, or in the image of his likeness or none of that. You know what I'm saying? We out there banging, like causing, you know what I'm saying? Genocide is genocidal. Yeah. It's terrorism, damn near. Like, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's survival. It's survival, man. Mm-hmm. Projects, they build these projects and have these certain people in those projects for a reason and they call them project projects, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you wasted, uh, well, wasted is a strong term, but do you feel like you were doing a lot of shit in Nebraska that you shouldn't have done? That you should have learned uh, your consciousness earlier, or you just didn't have someone out there to teach you to shit. No, because at the end of the day, you know, gangbanging is revolutionary. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? You, it's tribal. You know what I'm saying? So even though we call it gangbanging, that's a gang, but it's tribal. It's territorial. Is is what America's built on those state lines, those you know city lines, all of that stuff. So mm. you know, it's revolutionary. So that being said, is that geared. Uh, geared me to be a standing man where I could be a leader, you know what I'm saying, and, and speak on and really, you know, be a revolutionary and, and mm-hmm. be out on the front line when I, the, I occupy Oakland or the Oscar Grant or the, um, you know what I'm saying, I wasn't here doing the uh, Breonna Taylor and the George Floyd thing, but mm-hmm. I'd have been out there on the front line, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever, and the front line and then in the back because I got kids, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, so, you know, commander in chief and general and soldier at the same time like Selassie. I, yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, I think you can, you can say like, uh, politics is like gang, like Republicans and Democrats. Those Most are, certainly. those are basically gangs. Cause if you look at Republicans and Democrats, what's the difference between them and Bloods and Crips? Let's just say that red and blue. <laughs> I mean, you just take out the, like the street violence. They're basically, if you take out the violence of the street gang. Oh no, they're, they're doing the biggest violence. Yeah, well, I'm talking about like hand to hand, like combat type shit. If you take that out of the equation, there ain't. If you break it down, it's no different from them. Bloods and Crips is no different from Democrats and Republicans. But they're killing millions of people, though, and hundreds of thousands. Although we are territorial, you know what I'm saying? They killing for no reason innocent people, Mm -hmm. and then got us believing like you know, or it might be this. We don't really know the politics. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, it's another war. Oh, we then the gas prices go up. Oh, it's the you know. Yeah, yeah. We're just normal people. Mm-hmm. So I want to stay on your uh, your childhood. Let's so go. Uh, when you got when you when you came to Oakland, you were involved in uh, black consciousness. I got hip to all the culture mm-hmm. that you know what I'm saying that I'm a part of now. You know um, the yard culture, Jamaica. What part of Oakland were you living in? Uh, we were staying in West Oakland. West Oakland. Yeah, West Oakland right there, uh, <laughs> 1000, 1008 Chester Street. That's where my brother started the shows. My brother, shout out to Tom Porter. Um, that's where my brother, um, Backshot started the shows. And then, uh, from there, I mean, started the reggae after dark. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like house party, but reggae after dark. You know what, what year was this? This was, uh, damn, when did Tone start that? I think 90, 91. Something like Probably even earlier than that. But I got out here in 92. You know what I'm saying? So I got out here right when I was supposed to graduate, but I already had went to job court to mm-hmm. get my GED. Yeah. So West Oakland now is basically being gentrified. Um, in 92, what was it like? I think uh, it was more... It, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. To make a hood look a little better, if we run it down, we don't want it looking like, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, some of the worst ghettos like uh, Soweto or something. We don't want it look at least, you know, it's a ghetto, but you know, what I'm saying some yeah. people have to live in those situations and can't get out. We have a choice, you know what I'm saying. So, to that's why I like to see the new stores, the, the restaurants, and everything. <laughs> but now, as far as the folks, the folks are the folks, man. They just people. I can't. You know what I'm saying? We all people, man. Was it violent back in the day? Yeah, I would say it was pretty more, it was much more violent. Mm. That tower over there by McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? Mm. All the oh, acorns, yeah. you know what I'm saying? All the, <laughs> it was just, it was just all tribal, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause you got, cause you got to think about it, right? If I'm born in a city and we banging in the east and mm. we banging in the west, right? I still got family members that live in those other areas, you know what I'm saying? So that's, you got to go to the other areas. Right. Yeah. That's not, you know, so it's kind of all, that's like I say, it's tribal because you, or you say, oh, it's not from that tribe. You know yeah. I remember when I, when I used to come, <clears throat> come out here during the summers, I had friends because I used to play ball at the, uh, the YMCA in uh, Hilltop, like very close to, uh, Richmond, but I had a lot of friends that lived in Richmond. Yeah, and I was in the east at my grandma's house, so I used to. Go, oh yeah, east they used to like tell. Richmond. Yeah, they used to tell me don't ever go to uh, don't to go to, don't go to Richmond, and saying <laughs> walking around saying you you from uh you from Oakland and shit. Especially don't get off at that bar station where all them niggas be. Well, I tell you in what, Richmond. Oh yeah, that's now that's new. But I tell you what, back in the day when you go down deep in Richmond, you felt the way. But I used, I'm a Rasta, so I, I mm. felt like I can go anywhere, anyway. Yeah, that's all. And I, I go search for my tree. You know what I'm saying? Get my tree. They appreciate me. They go mm. do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, let me get a 10 sack. I ain't spending hundreds. So yeah. they ain't got no money. <laughs> <laughs> if you rob me, just be practicing, brother. <laughs> so when you, when you got into, uh, well, uh, Rastafarian. Yeah. Is, do you think, uh, well, for a lot of, I'm just asking for people who probably don't even know what the fuck it is. Do you think it's a religion or a lifestyle? I would say, I would say both. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lifestyle because that's just my life mm-hmm. and their life and our life. But now it's a religion because it holds people back. Mm-hmm. Re, you know what I'm saying? That's to redo something and then legion. You know what I'm saying? When you read that's I I learned that like um reading Metu Netter. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um I didn't read a lot of it. I read a lot you know, I mean I read a lot of enough of it. Like, yeah. Basically touched on it. But he said, you know, like religion just holds people back. From the, from the truth, really. Mm. But, you know, worship is, is, is a guide in life for you, for oneself. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, man. Rastafari. Yeah. Do you, uh, well, you could have chose anything. I mean, you could have went to, uh, you could have studied, uh, been a Muslim. You could have been a Christian. What, what, what pulled you to Rastafari? I studied all of it, really, truthfully. When I was in Job Corps, I studied uh, Jehovah's Witness. See, the thing, okay, so now, let me give you a quick uh, synopsis on this. So, when I was younger, I was scared of the dark, and I was um, scared of ghosts. And You know how people be like, ooh, the boogie monster. So, they put yeah. fear in me from, like, oh, shit, I'm scared. Hearing creaks in the dark, you know, or whatever. So, when they said they was catching the Holy Ghost, I didn't understand that because then nobody translate that to me. Like I saw mm-hmm. when I go to church and this lady are, you know what I'm saying? Somebody up there jumping around, like I'm nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like get me out of here. So I never really, I went to a couple of little churches when I was little. I got baptized. My grandma said, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to Nana, honey, rest in peace. But, um, you know, so I got baptized. So then it just transferred in. So I went to a couple of churches with my friends. They would, their dad would go to church and they'd be like, Sean, you want to come? I'd go. We playing like football with quarters in the pews. And then so, um, when we went to job course, I studied Jehovah's Witness and I, I liked the fact of what it was at first. You know what I'm saying? And then it got kind of weird. Like, oh, I don't know, you know, cause, cause all of those, like, I'm, I'm just me. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's not for everybody. But mm-hmm. I studied a lot of different religions. I've been to the mosque. You know, I love the I love the Muslim religion as when they wash their hands and pray to the most high, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Makes a lot, you know what I'm saying? Fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in that. Rastafari. I love Rastafari because I don't know. I just do. I felt like I was called to Rastafari. Like, like I said, I came here and then I, I mean, I was in Omaha doing, doing tribal things. You know what I'm saying? Doing, mm. uh, black folk tribal things in America. And then, um, I came to California. So, you know what I'm saying? And that was just like, uh, yeah. So I'm sure if I probably would have went to the mosque off top, I probably would have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It probably would have uh, stuck with that. You know what I'm saying? You know, but hey, and then Rasta, you know, we, uh, the herb is our blessed sacrament, you know. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> shout out to marijuana. When you, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you were smoking and when you were living in uh, Nebraska. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. But it wasn't with, it was, it was, you know, it was just. So, yeah, yeah. So that leads to this question. When you started getting into Rastafarianism, did you start appreciating marijuana differently? I did. I did, truthfully. Cause it's more or less like, you know, you're not really, I don't know. I can't really explain it really on that one. I could just say that. Like when you were in Nebraska where you just smoke, oh, I want to be high like, and yeah, then you just it. smoke. But now you probably smoke I was because kid. it's, uh, because you feel like it's uh, helpful on certain things. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. As a, now as a person, regardless of my faith or my belief, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It helps me, me personally. I get this little anxiety disorder. Like, you know, I got the kids and something like, oh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I stress out on time a mm-hmm. lot. Sometimes, you know, the chef thing, like, oh, did it burn? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, so for the anxiety, sometimes I might wake up in the middle of the night. You know, stay up for 30 more minutes, whereas I would have stayed up for a couple more hours. Mm-hmm. Take some of those something different mints that I bought over here for you and then mm-hmm. just relax. You know what I'm saying? So it puts me in a relaxing zone where I think I need to be to be a better person to myself and to other people. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, um, do you think, how do you feel about teenagers smoking weed? <sighs> well, you just, you just named was, all this good shit. Yeah, I was a teenager smoking weed, and but this is the truth. I'm conflicted. Okay, um, that's a good question because this here's the reason why I'm conflicted is because um, okay, so I have these children, right? And I'm sure I stress them out at some point. You know what I'm saying? But us as adults have these all these outlets. We yeah. have the herb. We have drinking. We have clubs. We have music. You know, mm-hmm. certain. Music that we know we like to calm us down. We have all these outlets and children don't. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to that, it's also in teenagers. If you do, if, if the parent, they might have a, you know, an illness, man. You know what I'm saying? Early mm-hmm. onset of um, um, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. uh, anything that will help them, you know, nausea. You know what I'm saying? Something like that, you know, uncontrollable. So you, mom. so you think, uh, teenagers and children. Should smoke if they have problems. Yeah, but shouldn't smoke. Yeah, because um, yeah, just they should definitely ingest. If it's but you don't think smoking. they should smoke just for fun? Not smoking, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe uh, if they do have these illnesses, they can mm. ingest. That's where I'm here for, mm. man. Make <laughs> I can cook them, make them some cereal, some waffles with weed. Yeah, in it. No, I remember. Uh, I remember. I I saw this documentary about um these kids. And they, it was like a controversial documentary because it was these children. They were like eight, 12 years old and shit. Yeah. And they had like one of the girls had like these crazy ass seizures. And then so they the parents were injecting her with uh, whatever part of marijuana helps right, you. And then, they, yeah, or, and then they would, uh, it would cure them. They had Marinol too back in the day. But um, it was controversial because, first of all, in the in the state that they were doing it in, it was illegal. And then second is because back in those days, uh, you mean all weed was like, even if it helps you, it was considered because, you know, they were still trying to lock niggas up for it. It wasn't legal <laughs> like it is now. Yeah. So all that shit was. Uh, they needed to free bad. all the ones that got incarcerated over mm-hmm. um, those minor Things. So when did uh <clears throat> so when you you got into weed now when did you start cooking like seriously with with herb no no just cooking in general when did you like 
Oh, that was like eight years ago. I went to Laney College. So as years progressed, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't figure out what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I was getting older. Um, and I'm like, damn, I'm not really doing nothing. The hustling things is like, what is, you know, what is the no ends yeah. meet? You know what I'm saying? Whatever. But then, um, I had a friend, shout out to, um, James Ball, you know what I'm saying? My partner from Nebraska that I met out here. Um, and we've been deep for years now, at least a dozen. Um, but, um, you know, he got back into California and he was just like, yo, I'm going to school. And I was like, cause we was like, you know what I'm saying? PICs, you know what I'm saying? Partners in crime. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's my partner. You know what I'm saying? If he, whatever he doing, I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and plus he's smart. You know what I'm saying? Hella smart. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm just like, I like to hang around smart, intelligent hellums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, but, um, you know, so I went to Laney, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, it was a good thing. You know, shout out to Chef Jackson, Chef Raji. She got me, um, she got me interested in going on MasterChef. Those you were know. your teachers? Yeah, Chef Raji. Chef Raji was in bacon, but she was kind of the head, like one of the head things. Chef Chantel Martin, mm-hmm. um, Chef Don. You know what I'm saying? All the chefs that helped me through, man. Chef Beverly. She was yeah. like, you got those seasoned hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. Shout out to Laney College, man. If It's just the thing is, um, it's like, um, you know, we got iPhones, right? Yeah. We got all these apps, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? You can't download the Life app. Mm-hmm. They don't have no app, for, you know what I'm saying, for life. Yeah. You see me? So, you got to apply everything that you're interested in, basically. So, how long did you study at Laney College? Uh, I was there for like, I think two and a half years or something. It's probably like, it's supposed to be like a two year program, but I did like two and a half or something like that. Yeah. Did you, did you finish? Yeah, I finished. Yeah, I finished. So Got when you AS finished, Associate what, what, of Science. Okay. Okay. And then after you finished Laney College, where, where'd you go? Uh, I was trying to, like, I was so into it then because I, I wasn't a school person, right? Mm-hmm. So remember, I dropped out, mm-hmm. right? So, I was didn't feel like nobody. I didn't really have nobody's like, yo, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yo, you know, no I had to do all this. Go to Job Corps. You know, all of these, yeah, yeah. you know, these sub things that you know. I just finished school and I, I didn't have to go to Job Corps. You know, mm-hmm. somebody could have just helped me through, but I didn't have that guidance, right? So, but um, damn, I fell off. <laughs> what was the question again? Was I? Where did you go after Laney College? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after Laney, so so what I did at Laney to even graduate. Is I took the easy stuff first to get me acclimated into going to school every day, being on time, taking notes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Seeing people going, eating at lunch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Going, oh, okay. And it's college. So you see all different kind of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I see the 60 year old, even though I was like 40, you know what I'm saying? I see yep. the 60 year old, you know, so I'm feeling good. Like, oh yeah, it's cool. You know, and it opened up a lot of good things like public speaking, like, this teacher, uh, what was her chef Sherry? I mean, not chef Sherry, but Sherry, uh, chef Sherry at she, but she, she taught me public speaking. Like I could just, you know, be like emotionally just let my things just, you know, like how you say you want to talk about anything. I'm like, yeah, we can talk about anything. Bro. Yeah. Like, you know, to let she, your guard down. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So mm. it's all good. But, um, yeah. So I, then I just got into cooking and started doing my own thing. I, I did. So, okay. So after Laney, after I graduated, um, I went to level 13. Shout out to Richard Ali. You know what I'm saying? Level 13. Level Did, 13. That was on Broadway, right? That's, that's on um, 13th and Webster. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's on 13th and Webster. And mm. um, by Caribbean Center, sit, um, city, that's the owner, Richard Ali. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so shout out to Rich. Then shout out DJ Surge. I got on to, um, the um, Tapas Bar, um, La Marcha. Mm-hmm. You know, so I learned a little. So after you, after you finished college, <clears throat> you immediately became an entrepreneur and just started doing your own shit? Not, not the entrepreneur yet. You know what I'm saying? That happened a little bit just because I'm like, <laughs> man, I can sell this food because it came with a little attitude, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, the hours were long. You know what I'm saying? So you were at a pain. restaurant? Yeah, I was oh, at La Marcha. You know, um, shout out to DJ Serge, no disrespect, but you know, the hours were long and little pay, you know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, man, I was a fry cook over there. Then mm-hmm. Richard gave me a shot where it was my own kitchen, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then, um, I, I fell out, you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, I want to do something else, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then, so that's what I did. Thank you once again for the opportunity. Um, but yeah, so then, and then I went to Napa Valley, 
Um, I, I moved to Vallejo. I met my um, the twins' mother, Ra- Raquel, and um, uh, I moved to Vallejo. And I, you know, I had to get a job. I'm like, man. So I was I was working with Lyft. I was tired of doing that. Too many hours. I did like so many hours on that, like 2,500 rides. You know. Yeah. And, and then so um, I went to NBC Suites. Uh, I was going there just to do. I was going uh, like do the tables. I was going to bust tables. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, damn, I don't know if they hire me as a chef, whatever. But I had I didn't have a uniform, so I had only my jacket, my chef jacket, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Oh, you're a chef." I was like, "Yeah." So you went like, to the interview in your chef jacket? Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, you're a chef? Oh no, you're not busting no tables, man. You go help us on the line." Yeah, you that's, know, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to be smart. I was just like, <laughs> "Damn." <laughs> <laughs> so how was it working at Embassy Suites? Oh man, so I learned I learned a lot. Every, you know, in every blessing, it's a lesson. So you know, I learned line cook. You know, it was it was proper because I learned my trade. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Now dealing with the people, it was it was different. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I didn't really like it. You know what I'm saying? So I left that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Embassy Suites. Thank you for giving me my starts, my hotel pants, and everything else. Because, uh, yeah, I seen what was happening, man. And I, I was like, man, I got to sell food. So I started selling food by myself in Vallejo. And ironically, what it was is I didn't see no Caribbean food in, in um, on Vallejo, right? So, wait, wait, wait. Did you ever... S- did you ever talk to the front desk people? Be like, "Yo, let me get HR. Let me get let me get a key to one of the rooms because I got a little bitch sliding through." Nah, nah, I never. Been. Nah, I would I would have, but you know, what I'm saying <laughs> I, I was already I was already I'm pretty faithful when I'm in a relationship for the most part. Oh, so you was in a relationship back then? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for the most part, you know, what I'm saying ninety nine percent of the time. All right. So when you left Embassy Suites, did you go? Just, you just went to another. Uh, nah. Then I, so okay. So what happened is I feeling the vibe, right? Mm-hmm. I could really feel the vibe. Like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. All right, yeah, okay. So, I um one late night I went down to the New Paris, you know, because I love love reggae. So my friends were playing over there. It was like a reggae goal or something, and um. And I was I told my boy Polo, shout out to Polo and Rolo. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? But it was like, all right, um, you a chef? So he introduced me to J.E. Shout out to J.E. Media, you know what I'm saying? J.E. put me on as the chef in the new parish. So now now I'm just there every show, you know mm. what I'm saying? So I started off, had to call a couple of chefs. Hey, man, y'all doing the show? Can I do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I started off, it wasn't just like, Popping, you know what I'm saying? Now you're on a podcast, Everyday Celebrity with Jordan. That's you know what I'm saying? It's just like, man, I had to cook. So, in fact, man, last night, Jen John's concert, she's so beautiful and she's so talented. Man, at the New Paris, man, it, it was so beautiful. She had like a, 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 a affirmation station, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, mm-hmm. a little marketplace and me selling that gumbo. That gumbo sold off, man. Shout out to all the supporters. <laughs> Give thanks, man. Really, really, man. That gumbo was something great. So, I had to bring you some. <clears throat> so, um, so the new parish is the first venue where you started selling your your own plates. Pretty well, yeah. The first venue, that, yeah, that's the first venue. And you've but been at the new parish for how long? Four years. Four years. About four years. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought about like? Other venues, trying to get into other venues? Oh, yeah. I'm pop-up chef. I had did the Starline, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. I'm just like, st- I like I like the um, New Parish because it feels like mine, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I'm the only chef there now. Like, So, I'm setting the standard, mm. you know what I'm saying? Now, before it was some, like, the garbage, I ain't gonna lie, it's some garbage food down there, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yo, let me just do this. Let me add this garbage. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, it's just my passion, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So. So when you like on a on a, a night uh, that you're going to work at the new parish, right? How do you decide on how much shit to bring, or what's the process that you go through? That's the thing, you know. What I'm saying? Is it like different? Is it different plates? Like if there's a rock and roll show that you have to work at, are you going to bring gumbo because you know it's a bunch of white people? Yeah, you can. You're still going to bring gumbo. Yeah, man, you can. Do- <laughs> Come on, man. That's that's I, don't the, know, I was thinking about hot dogs or something. No, but hey, but I tell you what, this is what the, the, the thing at working at a club, right? So you got these groups, groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the rock and roll group. Now they might just drink. You got certain rock and roll. They might just drink. 
And then they're going to want to eat. You got certain that, that's doing shrooms or something and they not going to want to eat. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, but it's, but since I'm there every day, I have a refrigerator and stuff down there, freezer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's all good. Like you just got to really manage yourself like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what is your, what is your, I'm a global chef, man. I mean, what is your go to dish? Like, what are you known for? My go to dish right now? Just period. What do you think you're known for? Man, I, I don't like to pigeonhole myself at all. I'm a global chef. I think globally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I tell people if they want to hire me as a um, chef, like, okay, if you want to just throw a dart at the map, you know what I'm saying? Give me about a week. I'll study that thing mm-hmm. and, and I'm at you. Moroccan, you know, Ethiopian, mm-hmm. you know, but I've been, I've lived in all these cultures, you know what I'm saying? I'm a part of all these cultures. So yeah. it's almost, so that's why I can't just be like, Oh, fried chicken and macaroni or, you know what I'm saying? People do do that to me though. Mm-hmm. Oh, at first, uh, oh, you ain't got no mac and cheese in them. Nah, man. So yeah, right yeah, now I got man. garlic niggas, noodles. Niggas do love that mac and I know that mac and cheese be smacking, but I, um, garlic noodles, <laughs> steaks, any kind of way, you know, so I got the New York strip. Uh, I got the uh, scallops, the big Japanese scallops, the lobster tail. Mm. You know, so I'm going big, man, because uh, when I was I was actually in Oklahoma for like two years mm. um, having my second set of twins. And uh, when I, I seen Chef Smelly doing his thing, man, I'm like, yo, I got to go back in it. <laughs> so I actually took a trip down Louisiana, Texas. We did the whole like a horseshoe and went back up to Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? We did like an H. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It was like it was like, you know, real cool. That was like two. It was, I think it was almost like two years ago. Yeah, like some something like that, you know, for my birthday, man. Yeah, it was beautiful. So you got the cooking. You you established yourself in the Bay Area as a chef. When did you start to pivot into the edibles? So I was at the New Paris, and um, I met a guy, and he was like, um, and I was just talking. It was like, well, you know what I really want to do? Because it seems like to me, I've I've always been on the forefront. So that goes back to the Vallejo thing when I was I started selling Caribbean plates because there was no Caribbean spot out there. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, one pops up. I was gonna be the number one in Vallejo Caribbean because there was no other. You know what I'm saying? Now yeah. I always want to be number one now, like because I always felt last. So now I always want to be number one. It's an adverse effect, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm like, all right. So I want to be the first one to do this, the first one to do that. But I know. Uh, you gotta have the resources. Ironically, this guy came up to me and I started talking to him. He liked my, my Caribbean food. Mm-hmm. He's front part Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, well, I'm introducing you to these people, which is Manuel right here. You know what I'm saying? So I was from, I met Mama K and Papa Doc. That's what I call them is, you know, it's been all love since then. That's been about, it's been about three, about three years now. You know what I'm saying? Even with the COVID. So Manuel is, they, they had, they had the brand and the weed, and they just needed a chef to put, they got put me. it together. They got me. And they found you? They got me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And now we have a team. You know what I'm saying? So now it's, it's good. You know, and each one is specific to their what they like to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of edibles, our, our first sponsor of this episode is, could you want to talk about the product? Yes. Yeah, so is called something different. It's five milligrams. It's cannabis-infused mints. They're like sweet tarts. Uh, 2.5 milligrams of TAC and 2.5 milligrams of TACA. This is from the Manuel Prescription Eats. By the way, you can go on Facebook and look up Prescription Eats and see my see a few videos from me and my team. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And we got these, so we call them sophisticated sours. And they're from Arcata, straight Mm -hmm. from the, direct from the source. Uh, is it harder to make, uh, to cook with weed than, uh, just to cook like regular shit? Um, uh, I think you got to know the dosages. You know what I'm saying? You don't want your thing really like, oh, it's weed. Like, oh, yeah. like, you know, you want to know your dosages. So what I do is I, um, like these are five milligrams. I might start somebody with like 10 milligrams. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Cause if I'm giving courses, Right, it's gonna all add up. So I, don't, you know, I want people to feel nice, but you have to know your tolerance. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you have to know if, if, if it's gonna make you, if you take 25 milligrams, it's gonna make you paranoid. Then don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, you want to stay under that, or you know, you just want to consult with yourself, your physician, whoever you have to consult with. Most people that eat or ingest infused um, um, courses or whatever, they're um, they've been doing it for a while. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Um, other than if we go back to those kids and you got to ingest, you so you would start low dosages. Mm. Cause I know a lot of kids with autism or, uh, something like that, you know, to, to the, but you know, their parents were giving them like CBD or even that wasn't doing enough. So I give them TA, a little THC and stuff like that. Drops. <laughs> now there are people who don't really know about weed. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably one of them because I don't, I never smoked in my life. Right. So <clears throat> what is, what is what is THC and what is CBD? So THC, I believe that's tetrahydrocannabinol. Mm. And CBD is a component of the tetrahydrocannabinol, which is cannabinoid. And they so they just, you know, sorting it up like LOL or SMH. You know? is it, so is that the stuff that gets you high or no? So the stuff that gets you high would be the THC. The, the psychoactive THC. the psychoactive effect okay. would be the THC. Or the C I mean, you know, but people are different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So and but you know, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I've been doing TAC straight up flowers all the, all my life. I well not all my life, but first time I tried it, it was like eight, you know what I'm saying? No lie. But uh when I started really smoking weed, I think I was like fourteen, you know what I'm saying? And then but it it it, it just helped me, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Helped me like throughout the whole thing. And when you're when you're cooking with that uh like let's say you're cooking a brownie, like an edible brownie. Are you just grinding the weed and just mixing the brownie, the, mixing the weed with the brownie? So what I would do if I was making a brownie, all right, we're gonna start with Manuel Cannaflower. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna put a little bit of that. We're gonna put the brownie mix, the cocoa, the flour, all of that, baking baking soda, salt, sugar, all of that, right? And then I'm gonna add a little bit more, maybe like. 25 well see what if it's a big batch you can add like 100 milligrams mm. you know what i'm saying because you're going to dice it up and then the mix is the mix you mix yeah. it really well you know what i'm saying so if you dice it in 10 you put 100 milligrams in it you know that's 10 milligrams per piece you know what mm. i'm saying i'm just getting on my facebook right quick but I wanna, <laughs> yeah because my i don't know why the storage went like that i'm gonna just put it on live man no cap do you do you think a Eating the edibles is better. That body high is better than smoking. For me, um, if I'm feeling really antsy, then I like to ingest. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's just like, then that means the herb ain't good. <laughs> then I gotta go find some good herb. Yeah. So it's like it's it's just different for each person. For me, I I, I put it on my skin. I drink it in water. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I chew the seeds. I drink it in milk. You know what I'm saying? And with the thing about hemp, it's a good fiber, it's a good protein. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You could wear it. It's like bamboo. You know, though that hemp and bamboo are like the two highest resources we can have. Like it's so strong, you know what I'm saying? You could build mm. boats, clothes. In the Bible, I actually wrote a um, paper about um I ain't got an A on it, man, from a dude that I don't think he smoked either. But you know what I'm saying, when I was in school, so he he gave me an A on that. It was like is um is marijuana and um Earth, the earth was it last natural resource or something like that mm. you know what i'm saying it's like it was a good thing and it, you know in the bio i did my researches and you know because it had you know it was a college paper so it's like uh hemp has been used it's like 12 different manners you can use it for so you could break it down 12 different times not just what we know it's more incense smoking eating you know mm. clothes you know, uh, wicks, you can make the wick, you know, it's walking sticks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it's real industrial. Do you think cocaine is a cure for anything? <laughs> it could be. Nigga, <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. No, it could be. <laughs> that shit don't cure nothing. It could be. I don't know. It's like each person is different. <laughs> All right. So, you say you have children, right? Yes, sir. All right. How many children do you have? I have, um, I always, uh, my, my son who passed away, Emperor Zeus. Shout out to Emperor Zeus. Um, he would have been two. Um, I have six because I speak of him in the presence, you know, mm-hmm. even though we ended up losing him. How did your son pass away? Um, man, he was real sick. He got real sick. Uh, they was, they, him and Zen were sick for like a week and we didn't really know it. You know what I'm saying? We like, okay, for so when your baby's are sick, you're like, okay, two, three days. You're like, okay, now let's go give them something and stuff like that and take them to the hospital. But couldn't really, they couldn't really, you know, it was real cold out in Oklahoma, bro. It was real cold. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just, man, it's crazy, bro. Yeah. So they, they didn't say like he died from He died from this, this or that. Died for, so I'm thinking like, okay, so remember this. Remember before COVID, pre-COVID, it was like, um, they first of all, they saying everybody was a conspiracy theorist. You know what I'm saying? And then they like, oh, yo. So more, a lot of uh, conscious people that I know were talking about what? Chemtrails, right? Mm-hmm. You remember that? Like chemtrails? Chemtrails. You know, in the sky. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was certain planes that, we, you know what I'm saying, we believe that's coming. Like, people will get sick. You know what I'm saying? So that, so now people don't even talk about the chemtrails after COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like it was chemtrails over there in Oklahoma or something like that. And they, he just got sick. They let us out. The, I feel, it could have been a number of things, dude. When I got there, they had a, a pick line in his head. I didn't, it was Oklahoma. So, I couldn't flex like Oakland, you know what I'm saying? I'm always there for my babies, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I couldn't be like, yo, no, nah, you know what I'm saying? They like, oh, do you believe in Jesus? And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. That That's my son with a pick line in his head. I have nothing to do with Jesus right now to me, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So what's that? So, you know, they, they was kind of looked at me like, you know, that's Oklahoma. They was looking at me like big black man, revolutionary. Like, so I felt all Oakland and Omaha in, o- in Oklahoma, all the O's in Oklahoma was like, oh, no, they go. And then you see people, they, they have this, they have this, it's, it, man, it's real weird out there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's real weird. I didn't want to be there, man. I didn't want to be there. And I lost my son. We went to the Grinch. I, you know, I love the Grinch as a kid, but I didn't want to go. I'm like, oh, it's cold. We went to the Grinch. Came back. I went to sleep with little Zane. He, my first set of twins, uh, went to sleep with Zane on my chest. 10, 10, uh, like at about 10 o'clock. That was about seven o'clock, 10 o'clock. We actually had, had an argument, a severe argument, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, uh, about 10 o'clock, just heard the illest scream I ever heard in my life, dog. And that's a mama just lost her seed. Yeah. My baby. Damn. Crazy, but I'm living over here. The more I talk about it, you know what I'm saying, the more more um the more it helps, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it helps mentally but it helps, you know what I'm saying, emotionally more than mental, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's still messed up to me. But emotional, like, you know, I don't have to be crying over it, you know what I'm saying? I I shed my tears privately, but you know what I mean? But yeah. So do you do you all of your ch- uh children are w- is with the same person? No. So I have uh Three, three mother of my children's. <laughs> three mothers. So, uh, so my first one, he 22 years old. Mm. Um, that's Obeja. Um, and then my second one, that's Wisdom Aye. Mm-hmm. She's my love. She's, uh, she's, um, 10 years old. Then I have the twins, two sets of twins. So they're three and two. So that's six kids. Mm. Double set of twins, my <laughs> nigga. I'm the illest nigga from Nebraska, bro. Hey. So you have two sets of twins with one with one woman. One woman, yes. So when you guys found out you guys were having another set of twins, what what was that like? That one was like, okay. So now the twin trip, it was like yo, because I thought my first son was gonna be twins because he was he was just a big dude, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the first set of twins, I'm like yes, I knew it was gonna come in my life. I'm like yeah, about time, you know what I'm saying? About time, shit. You know what I'm saying? Because my granny was an identical twin. Shout out to Granny Velma and Thelma, you know what I'm saying? Identical twins, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Brewer family and the Moore family. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, it was a trip. The first one, I'm like, oh, we got to keep those. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, yo, twins, if, Jay, if you, I'm telling you, if you have to, you'll be like, yo, yeah, twins. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> special, right? So yeah. now, I've heard about the second baby coming real quick type mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you better watch out. You know, but, well, you know, I didn't heed the call. So 18 months later, I'm pregnant again, Sean. What? Oh, hell no. For real? Wait a minute. So you had the first sets of twins, and then 18 months later, she gets pregnant again? 18 months later, she had another set. So she got pregnant again 18 months. I mean, she she had Within kids. Within that 18, nine months it had to be. Wow. Well, With, no, they was born. Yeah, they was born on everybody. Everybody was everybody was pretty much um, term. They was two term. Mm. But the second set of twins were like two and three pounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Are you still with the, this woman? No. So 
we broke up, ironically, and I like to get this out, you know what I'm saying? Because as I'm talking to myself, I had a conversation with her. She's like, oh, you're doing podcasts, you know, you're putting me out there. like, And it's not even about that, right? It's about um, mental health is serious, man. And then after we were living through COVID, we just lost our baby. Mm-hmm. We had to be housed in COVID. We couldn't cross no state lines. You know what I'm saying? When it first, when it, when the pandemic first started, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we were going through it. And I know we're going through it. We just, we in a small town. We was in Shawnee, Oklahoma, man. That's so small. It's just like small. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. were like aloof to really everything because we had a Roku TV. So we're not watching all the channels, all the destruction, all the stuff. We watching what we want to watch. You know what I'm saying? Till we, yeah. Till we watch that, now we focused on that. So we lost the baby. We going through it. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing my chef thing for Manuel. We filmed something. She had a bipolar episode. You know what I'm saying? The thing was, she couldn't get the right medicine. You know what I'm saying? Because we had just moved to Oklahoma, and she couldn't get the right medicine for some reason or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Then she didn't get the medicine till later. However, her mother had came there like a month before. Uh, this incident I'm about to tell you about, and I was, I don't know, I was asking, I asked her, I was like, does this thing get worse? You know what I'm saying? So she was going through postpartum. She just had a baby. She lost her kid. She, you know what I'm saying? I, I, mm. I big her up. I love her. You know what I'm saying? But I was too, though. Mm. You feel me? People just was like, focus on her for real. Cause mm. my family wasn't out there, but even the one, two, three, four families she had was, you know, making sure she all right. Now, was she diagnosed as yeah, bipolar? Yeah, she been, she been. Yeah, so she you already been. knew she was bipolar. Yeah, I seen the red flag. Okay. But, you know what I'm saying? It seemed like normal. That's why <laughs> it's funny. That's, yeah. So yeah, I seen the red flags, man. And I was like, um, you know, it's just sometimes, so bipolar is like, they, it's just like, you just look regular, like you act regular sometimes. And yeah. something like, you know, I guess I seen a lot of reoccurring things in my childhood that wasn't healthy. You know what I'm saying? That could have even been labeled as toxic that um, I've endured as in, in um, these present relationships. You know what I'm saying? Well, we'll stick to the yeah. stick to the story. All right. So, so what happened was, um, shout out to Raquel. Shout out to Raquel. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for having the twins and everything. But on January 21st um, this year is a dumb. What's that called? When you flip it around, one twenty one twenty one something like that. But anyway, Shit, I don't know. um. We were having an argument, you man, and she pulled the wheel with me and my three other, well, me and the three children that I have right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, pull the wheel. What do you mean by that? We were driving on the Oklahoma highway mm-hmm. and she pulled the wheel. She was uh, like, like, oh, you know, get, she pushed the wheel actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, get over this way. Like, you know what I'm saying? And had not been recording, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? That whole little incident would have flipped on me, of course. You know what I'm saying? So but she almost caused an accident. She caused an accident. She caused it was, an accident. Yeah. She caused a, uh, a near tragic accident, bro. And we had already lost a kid, dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I had seen red flags and you know, your kids were in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because these, they like to scrum out of their seatbelt. Mm-hmm. But this particular day, bro, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I had hella clothes in the car that I was cleaning up. You know, she was going through the thing. So I had to be the man and the woman anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I was doing laundry, doing this, trying to stay afloat, trying to keep my head. You know what I'm saying? Which is cool because I did. You know what I'm saying? If I didn't have all of that stuff I had to take care of, then I would have probably been losing my mind too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Um, so there was closing the car and they survived. You know, I was like, damn, you know, so, um, stayed two days in the hospital in Oklahoma. Then I flew. I had a, a job to do. This is how I know cooking and culinary arts and science is my, my passion because I had whiplash, bro. I took. The three babies, five bags, and whiplash to Nebraska to complete this. Uh, they, they were doing a black love dinner or something like that. They had already paid me half. I flew out there, did my thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Still. You know what I mean? Then I flew to Arizona, you know, stayed out there. It wasn't cool. Stayed out there with my cousin and my sister's sister. I had to flee the sister. She was, I was already coming from toxic abuse. You know what I'm saying? And then sister, she's still living her thing. So I, I couldn't. At the end of the day, it means I rest the fire, man. We want peace mm-hmm. and my tree and my woman. Everybody be happy. The kids be happy. Everything. I'm, you know, just a normal man thing. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. yeah, it wasn't good. So I came back to California. Are they still in Oklahoma? Who? Your children. Nah. They with me, bro. They've been with okay. me since January 21st, 2021. Uh, the, the twins? Yeah. 
Mm. Pick with me. That was a it Where was she a at? unsafe, dangerous situation. She's still in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. You so still talk to her? Yeah, I talk to her every now and then. Mm. I mean, it's still the same like type of attitude, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, even though I, I this is a, the thing, like, you know, through my childhood, mom, being here with mom, dad, all of these people, you wanna uh keep your children and a solid foundation, you know what I'm saying? And that's all I was striving for and still striving for. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we all have to mature, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and realize the pain that we're calling, causing other people or what they might be enduring from us. How hard is it? Um, because you, you know, we hear about women being single mothers all day, every day. And they tell us how hard it is. But you rarely hear about single fathers taking care of the kids, and you rarely hear about men getting custody of the children. There has to be something really wrong with the woman for a man, for the court to separate the kids from their mother. So tell the people, what's the hardest thing to you about being a single father? Being a single father, the hardest thing would be the scheduling, you know what I'm saying? Um, for us, we're still, we're living in a, uh, hotel. You know what I'm saying? The l- resources are limited for men with children. You know what I'm saying? It's not, they're not like rushing to us like, oh, you're a battered man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, here's the housing. You know what I'm saying? They're not doing that. And I've been several different places since March 17th, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? No luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like no luck, bro. And so the hardest thing has been trying to balance daycare. I, I need to get them in school. You know what I'm saying? I have to wash all the clothes. Mm-hmm. I have to, uh, and hey, trust me, at this point, it, it's definitely a blessing. I, you know, I lived over there. I'm like, all right. Because truthfully, what happened, um, in Oklahoma, she had left to California because she's from California. She left, their mother left from um, Oklahoma to California for a few weeks, bro. And I didn't even, I didn't know, I, I didn't know for a few days. Mm-hmm. I thought she was at her aunt's house. I'm like, where's Raquel? Where's she? You know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, you didn't know she went to California? How the hell am I supposed to know that? Yeah. So it was like, that was little incidences leading up to where it is now. So. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, it's, all the accolades are good, but I need some housing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I'm, I can pay for it. Like, you know, you know, I'm looking for subsidized housing. Yeah, of course, but you know, I could pay rent. I just need housing mm-hmm. for the kids. You know, that's it. Mm-hmm. But I got, I got organizations willing to help right now, but who knows when those resources are, uh, run out, you know, mm-hmm. still just haven't found that place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's about it, man. I'm living a life, bro. I, I, the thing about it is, um, I fought for my, my first son. I went and got joint custody of him too. I didn't have to do it for my daughter because we have a coexisting, uh, parental, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's cool. Yeah. You know, it gets, it gets, it's a balance beam, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, it's cool, you know? And then with the twins, now I just have them there in my custody that like, you know. <sighs> so <clears throat> I remember when I was growing up, I used to, when I was going through shit, right? To take my mind off it, I used to go play basketball. I had a court in the backyard. It was a dirt court. But I used to go out there and play basketball, spend hours just shooting and shooting and shooting to get uh to get the shit off my mind. Right. Do you feel cooking to you is the equivalent that basketball was to me? Yes. A mental outlet. Um so I acquired that knowledge of myself as I, you know, went higher on the Maslow. They have this Maslow hierarchy of things where it's like, you know, are you safe? Da-da-da. You know, it's like a pyramid. And um yeah. So I feel like cooking is all around a mental outlet. I'm in there by myself. I'm looking at the the seasonings. I'm like, oh, should I add that? Should I add three more dashes of that? Is it good? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm by myself with my music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if I could teach anybody, hey, that's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So back because basketball, I had surgery on my hip. And when I went, so, okay, so this is a funny story, bro. So in California, Right, that's when I learned most of my sports. But guess what? I knew how to play. It wasn't the normal black man shit. It's I was playing racquetball. My godmother, she had that dibs were raising me too. So mm-hmm. I was playing racquetball. I was skiing. I was an intermediate skier at eleven. 
You know what I'm saying? So when I went to Nebraska, the country, the Midwest, they throw me a ball. I'm like, shit, I just been watching this. I don't know. <laughs> mm. So I got better over time. Then I had surgery, so I never dunked. I dunked one time in my life, bro. I'm 6'3". I dunked one time, right? Yeah. Um, my three-pointer is wicked, though. That's what they all say. They right? Well, they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> do you have? Do you ever have times where... You're like, fuck it, I can't I can't do this anymore. This shit is too hard. You know what I'm saying? With the chefing? Well just with chefing and Oh the and, and the balance? And chefing, life, fatherhood, everything. Hell yeah, man. I was thinking that the other day because somebody had asked me that. Uh one of my girlfriends had asked me that before. It was like, Do you ever feel like, you know, what what are you here for or whatever, something like that? And I was like, Nah, I don't feel like that. Yeah. But now I know I'm here for the children. I know I'm here for myself. Like, so this is a funny story. Like, I know I'm there for all that, but I go through depression. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I sit there and cry. I'm yelling at them sometimes. Like, oh man, damn. You know what I'm saying? So I can feel like I'm just not a woman. So I know the women probably go through it a little more, yeah. but they so strong. Women are resilient though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that's the balance. The balance is, yeah, it gets, it gets hectic, but guess what? I go to a, a gas station the other day. This dude is like, yo, you wear turbans? I was like, yeah. And he uh, was like, but they cost like 80, but I sell them to you for like five, right? Man, you know what I got blessed with? Man, I got all kind of bracelets, all kind of everything, you know what I'm saying? And it had these Nigerian cloths, right? Mm-hmm. And each one says something, a uh, 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 profound phrase on it, right? And I looked every one of them up, and I was like, this is a blessing. I'm keeping all of these, all the other duplicates I'm selling or whatever. Which, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just felt like that's part of my journey. You felt like that was a sign? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, that everything is going to be okay. That's why I, got, I said, like, worship is a guide of life or something like that. that mm-hmm. I got that from one of those cloths. Yeah. So your teachings and your studies, that usually uh, will get you through. Like when you start thinking negative, you always have a positive light at the end. You see the positive and the negative. And that's part of Rastafarian? Yeah, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? It's going to happen. Rastafarian, but that's, a, that's part of really. So Rastafarian is just a thing that's that's I love. That's me. You know what I'm saying? But now I, 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 I love the universe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um my um my son's grandmother, her, his great grandmother, um, runs the science or religious science. What is it? Reverend E? She does um, <laughs> it's like Scientology, but it's religious and science or religion, science and religion. I'm the last person Something to ask like about religion. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like a universal overall, you know. Yeah. Right is right, wrong is wrong. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, be nice to people. Hey, how you doing? Like, mm-hmm. you attract that energy. It's the law of attraction. Yeah. So what uh what what are you working on now? What do you got going on now? This is your time right, to promote right yourself. Now, okay, right now, you know, I'm right here at the new parish, you know what I'm saying? Um every show, I'll be there through the new year. Come celebrate New Year's Eve with us or whatever. Um we um on Prescription Eats on Facebook. We have uh all of our products on there, the something different, the baseline. We also have uh things you could take at nighttime. That's it's not like NyQuil, but it's like NyQuil in a pill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we have those, you know what I'm saying? So go on to Facebook, look for that. You can find me on Snapchat, Lion Face the Chef, L-I-O-N-F-A-C-E-D-A-C-H-C-H-E-F-F. Uh, yeah. So, um, and what's that? Instagram, Instagram, Lion Face the Chef, L-I-O-N-F-A-C-E-D-A-C-H-E-F-F. I use two F's in my chef because I'm twice as fresh. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I want to shout out to my just culinary journey, man. Like I said, I went out for Master Chef. I did the um I did they had this thing You were on the T V show Master Chef? Yeah, you can see me on the um commercial. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Season nine. Um, okay. um uh Did you win, nigga? I've been on paternity court. No, nah, I didn't win. <laughs> if I would have won, I would have been blowing <laughs> up, man. Um I was on paternity court, Sean Brewer versus Raquel Miller. You could go check that out. It's pretty funny. It's nice. Right. Uh what else? Um yeah, man, I've been on your your podcast now, Everyday Celebrity yeah, Podcast. I mean, that, you know that's, what I'm that's saying? The, that's where you should uh, lean with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's all. It's just been a great journey, man. It's been rough, but as long as you got a passion, you happy about doing it, you will succeed. Do you cater? 
I do cater. Please call me up. Uh, hit me on, slide into my DM or whatever they say. Go into my DM, uh, get all, you know, and hit me up that way. Cause my phone number, yeah, I don't want to give away my phone yeah, number. Some, phone some, number. some, some J cats out there. Are you, you going to leave me one of these mints? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to leave you with a few J. Um, okay, let good. people try them out. To, then to get that on camera. See yeah, saying, yeah. Maybe when I, maybe when I come back in like six months, cause, cause the this year is about to be hectic, man. I'm gonna be all up north. Yeah, I hope so. Humboldt, it's gonna be hectic, man. We have activated powder. I didn't really talk about the activated powder. Like, so like, what do you used to say? Sprinkle be made. Mm-hmm. We got that. That's the one-to-one ready. I can just sprinkle it on. I can cook. I can infuse just it. Just sprinkle it on food? Yeah. Absolutely. Tastes good. It's good. I, I would probably do like a salad, vinegar ray, something like that. For Have you, you ever mixed mushrooms with, with weed and made something? <laughs> mushrooms like psilocybin? Yeah, like whatever the mushrooms that you eat and get high and shit. Oh, yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. But um, I have partaken. Mm. I have partaken. It's cool. Like, you know, for me, like, microdose, in fact, in fact, shout out to my nephew, Naja Porter, because, uh, you know what I'm saying? He, I had, I had some during the COVID and I was really cool. I microdosed. I microdosed. Hey, man, I'm telling you, bro, it's like whatever you, whatever you all at. I take like two stems. I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. relax. Listen to my music and smoke my herb. Read my books or something. Try to decipher the, the how come the, how many stars is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, I like, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, it was it was it was very nice getting to know you. Um, and I commend I commend your story and like your I mean basically what you went through and the fact that you. A lot of niggas don't take the responsibility to take care of their kids, especially to be the only one in their life with all that responsibility. A lot of niggas will run away from that. So that's one. I think that's the biggest <coughs> positive about you, not the cooking and all that shit. It's just being a father and being a single father and then all the other stuff, just being a good person and the shit that you do for the public because food is... Food is a service because you're giving someone something from you. Like you're giving a piece of that gumbo that you make is like a piece that you're giving the world, a piece of you that you're giving to the world. So I think chefs, you're just basically, you're basically like considered basically to me like a person who does music, like a rapper. They're giving their music to someone and it can either make you feel good. It can make you feel sad. It can make you angry, but it's going to make you feel whatever you want it to feel like you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i commend you on that so everybody you, i want everybody to follow this guy can i say something in closing jay go ahead the the part of the reason why i feel like i'm a father a good father like that or the father i try to be is because ed og and the bulldogs remember that song be a father to your child Da-da-da-da. that came out when i was 15 i just knew i was gonna be a good father right then it was a joke this comedian, I forget the comedian, but he was like, the dude came back after eight, um, so I'm paraphrasing, mm. like the dude came back after 18 years. He wasn't mad at his dad, but he's like, dad, why you leave me? Why you leave me? He was like, man, your mama was crazy as shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, well, why you leave me with her? You know what I'm saying? It was like, if my mama's so crazy, why you, why you didn't take me? So yeah. that's just where I'm at in this, this time of life. But I want to say thank you very much for the opportunity. Mm. Give thanks. I appreciate you, brother. Mm-hmm. And everybody, go follow him on Instagram if you're looking for a cook, a chef, one of the best chefs in the Bay Area. Uh, no matter what the food is, I mean, he just said he can cook the shit. So hit him up, slide into his DMs, support him. Um, yeah, and buy his products. You know what I'm saying? Go see him at uh, the New Parish whenever you go there and visit uh, your local ex. And any last words? And I want to give a shout out to the Most High, Ja Rastafari. Give thanks, everyday celebrity. And we are out. You. <laughs>